Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa www.islamhouse.com It's pleased to present to you this lecture Entitled The Death of the Prophet Muhammad By Walid Basuni والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد أيها الإخوة والأخوات but since the brother asked me to start this lecture or give it in English, I will shall I try my best so you can understand the message I want to deliver today for everyone. And to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at this message, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those people who Subhanahu wa ta'ala remember them and pronounce their names with the angels which is better than this majlis or this place we are now and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who receive the mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among the people of Jannah and save us from the hell time I might change the topic a little bit, the title of the topic, which is the Prophet day. I will talk about this, but before I talk, I will talk about the Prophet day. I would like you, all of you brothers and sisters, just to think with me about one thing before we will go to talking about the Prophet day which is why the prophets they are special why the prophets they are different first of all why there is a special touch when we talk about the prophets why there is something in the heart it's touch your heart when we talk about the prophets and when we talk about the Prophet Muhammad They said America it's a land of dreams or the land who makes stars or anyone has dream he will, he will be able to do it here in America I believe this is for a reason the people saying that the people think this is the land of power where everybody look at it as a guide who's guide the, the world now this is because a logic things which is if you want to affect in any people in any community if you want to be ahead of any community if you want to change the history if you want to have a lot of followers, you have to use a language 
which is can affect an other and it can this language can let the people accept your speech accept your da'wah what you're talking about people from long long time ago brothers and sisters looking for the language which is can be affect in public how to make followers some of them use the language of desires desires and the desires when we talk about desires there is three kind of desires the first one love of power and fame second the sexual lust third the money this is the desires three types of desires and the second language it is the logic the logic and the third language it is the emotion language the soft talk the nice way of talk and in these three ways you can have a lot of followers if you look at the leaders in any community in the history the leader for any nations in the history you will find them using one of these languages the kings who have the power love power of faith have positions they have a lot of followers the businessmen the rich people they have a lot of followers people look at them as highest station they're on a high station or higher station and the people who using the even the desire which the like the sexual lust they have a lot of followers and you can see the actors the hollywood stars they are stars they are they're all models for people you agree with me and use this language it's cheap language but it has a lot of people that like it they follow it and the logic like the philosopher they are followers they are something in the history when you read about the philosopher they have a lot of followers people admire them they following them because they use the language of logic and you can tell also in the history you'll find a special place station for the novelist the poet the shara the udaba who's making the poetry or writes the stories those novels they have they are leaders because they use the language of emotions people affect you can affect in people by using any one of these languages But the questions where is the profits between those people the answer is that profits they are in the top not because we are believer no because the language the prophet use because the prophet has something special all of the sad people they don't know about the prophets use the language of desire if we can use this word they use the they use the language of logic emotion but that's not all they have one more language 
we use it. And no one can ever use it except the prophets and the follower of the prophets, which is the language, what we call the fitrah, khitab al-fitrah, the speech to the natural feeling you have in your heart, which is the belief, the iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the Quran, and the Prophet explained this ayah, that He creates every single person with something we call it fitrah, which is a belief in his heart. Fitrat Allah allati fatara al-nasa alayya la tabdeela li khalqillah. This fitrah is something in your heart that you know that you have a Lord, you have Rabb, you have Ilah. Someone who creates you, someone who brought you to this dunya, to this life, and just a natural feeling that you love him. You trust him. You feel rest when you came close to him. And you, do, you feel fear when you go away from him. You have a fear in your heart when you go away from him. Which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu said, When Allah created Adam, مسح الله على ظهر آدم فأخرج منه الناس كهيئة الدار أرواح البشر فقال لهم الله ألست بربكم قالوا وقلنا جميعا بلى أنت ربنا وذلك مصداق قول الله تعالى وذلك مصداق قول الله تعالى في القرآن ثم قرأ النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قول الله تعالى وإذ أخذ ربك من بني آدم من ظهورهم ذريتهم وأشهدهم على أنفسهم ألست بربكم قالوا بلى شهدنا أن تقولوا يوم القيامة إنا كنا عن هذا غافلين ذات الله سبحانه وتعالى ونكرين آدم عليه السلام الله سبحانه وتعالى brought on his back all of his the people all of his sons you, me, your son, your father every single person his soul was exist that day and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked this soul, all the souls, I'm your Lord and all of us we said, yes, you are our Lord. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, don't come on the day of judgment. Said, we forgot about that. We don't, we don't remember that. You were forgot. Therefore, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the messenger to remind us about that day, to remind us about our Creator, about our Lord, about our Ilah, Subhanahu Wa Taala. Therefore, the prophets using the language which is no one know about except Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and He taught His messengers about, which is the speech to the fitra, to the natural feeling in your heart. Wallahi, I couldn't forget a non-Muslim. He was listening to the Quran. He didn't know a single word of Arabic. I never heard about it before. Arabic. And one brother recites a couple of verses, I mean one verse from the Quran to him. Ayatul Kursi. He didn't know what it means. And he recited at the same time a couple of sentences in Arabic from Arabic language, Da'ab al-Muhammad al-Rasul, just a regular sentence in Arabic. 
He said the first one is different. Try it with anyone. Try it with anyone. He will say something natural. He said, this is different. Because this is Allah's word. This is the Allah's speech. It's a different when it touched the hearts. That the special language the prophets came with. The prophets, they were not looking for having large number of people. The prophets were not looking for position in their societies. They were not looking for money. Clear, all of the prophets make it clear. I'm not asking for money. When da'wah, when calling people for Islam, I start to connect to money, I'm not making money from that. It's da'wah, it's a message. The prophets came to save the people, to show their mercy to the people. I'm not done talking about prophets. Just let's see who's that prophet. We are going to listen or to talk about his last moments in this life. Who's Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam are beloved. He was born in Mecca after the famous story about the field, the people of field of elephants when they came try to destroy the Kaaba. I know most of you know about, or all of you know about this story, but I'm not going to this details. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described them Harisun alaykum Harisun alaykum He's worried about you Is he? He's worried about you Is he? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spent his life for every one of you you know that or you're not, you have to know that the Prophet وسلم, who is the one who is the one who delivered this deen to you. You are Muslim today because the Prophet Muhammad delivered the message. If he didn't, you will not be Muslims. And this is a great, a great ni'mah from him upon us. That every single Muslim his reward goes to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he's the one who stopped the da'wah. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam just to show you how much he's worried about us once he was asked. Ya Rasulullah Aisha radiallahu anha asked him Ya Rasulullah would you tell me what is the hardest day you have ever seen in your life what is the hardest day you have ever seen in your life? It's a good question. What is the hardest day, the worst day in your life? We're waiting. Is the worst day in his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you think? When he was praying in Mecca, front of the Kaaba, and he while he's making this sujood, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kuffar Mecca, the kuffar in Mecca this, this, that day came. يَحْمِلُونَ سَنَ الْبَعِيرِ سَنَ الْجَزُورِ وَدَمَهُ وَرَفَتَهَ They came to the Prophet ﷺ while he is making sujood. They have 
the camel's blood, intestines, and they throw it above the Prophet Muhammad's back, laughing, making fun of him. And no one, no one saved him from the people that days. Nobody that days can help him. Except his little daughter coming from Mecca, running, Fatima, to clean her father's back while he making sujood. And she hearing, they're laughing, laughing, laughing at the Prophet Muhammad It's the hardest day, Ya Rasulullah. When the Kuffar Quraysh said, we are going to make a decision between us and the Muhammad No more talking, no more treating. No one can buy anything from them. They cannot buy anything from us. There's no food, no drink, nothing for Muhammad and his people and his followers. You know what happened that day to the Prophet and his, and his companions? The narration said they used to eat the trees. They used to suck the stone looking for water. And maybe three or four people suck one day, hold the suck one day the whole day. That the Prophet Muhammad is that your heart's day. And he stay like that in Shirb. A valley, the Ahl Mecca, let the Prophet stay in that place where is no food, no drink, nothing. In the sunny day, they, they were spending the whole day in the ground. Or his worst day, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When the kuffar said, ya, when they said, when they decided to kill Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he got an idea, which is, they said from each tribe, we will choose one night. And all the knights gather together in the nights, and we will kill Muhammad So no one asked for his blood, no one was looking for revenge from his people. You listening? Then, the Prophet was told, and he out, he get out from his house looking for Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu arba. And every day Abu Bakr was asking Muhammad said, Ya Rasulullah, Sahbatuk, I want to accompany you to Medina. And then Prophet Muhammad came and he said, It's today, Ya Abu Bakr, today we go. The Prophet said, That was my best day in my life. But I'm going to the Prophet to compare him to Medina. He left his land. He left his town. He left the place he raised. He left the place he has all of his memories. Where his people living. Has a strong position in Mecca. He's from a very high level uh, tribes or a good tribes in Mecca. He left all of that behind his back. Going to a new land, When he get out from Mecca, he look at Mecca. 
بنظر حسير ونفس حار وانفاس حارضه he said a word sallallahu alayhi wasallam he looking at makkah sadly saying this words which is full of sadness saying sallallahu alayhi wasallam i swear to allah you are the most beloved land to my heart wallahi innaki la ahabbu al-bita'a ilayk ولولا ان اهلك اخرجوني منك ما خرجت منك ابدا والله you are the most beloved land to my heart just because your people let me to move out from you i will never move out from mecca and he left it. he went to medina he went to medina with one person new land to establish a new life Is that the worst day of Rasulullah in your life? Still the answer is no, not. What's the hardest day? When Uhud, when the Prophet was and his companion were fighting the Mushrikeen and for a small mistake, some Sahaba, the Prophet told him you have to stay in, the, in this mountain if the kuffar try to come to, to come from our back you fight them so you will not get chance to come from the back side but the sahaba thought the battle is finished so they left their position without the prophet muhammad permission looking for collecting the money and the, the ghanaim and they thought that the war is finished but the kuffar turned and then they start killing the muslims You know what happened that day? Praying from everybody prayed from death. People left everything behind them. People heard that Muhammad was killed. So they said, there is no benefit from fighting. Let's go back. He was killed. Some new Muslims, they don't know, they don't know. They thought he was killed. Then the Prophet being alone with a couple of his companions and a woman I'm saying that to sisters so they can listen a woman Ummu Imarah radiallahu anha wa arbaah a woman she said Prophet Muhammad sallallahu from death she put her shoulders once to save her prophets to say how Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that woman she spent one year tried to uh, to heal it or to get back uh, normal one year it's bleeding this woman, this woman. and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said I was looking right left founding Ummu Imara this woman trying to save me once by her chest once by her back once try to uh, to try to push the Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so he didn't get hurt he said i want to turn right or left upon her her position today in this battle it's better than ali fulan wa ali fulan it's better than the person and that person and the prophet sallallahu was injured dakhalat halaqatul mirfa fi wajnatihi He was injured, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. His cheek was bleeding. His tooth was broken. 
his uncle was bleeding. And his companion was killed. His uncle Hamza was killed badly. His companion, his best companion was killed from him. The people he loves most were killed front of him. Is that the worst thing in your life, Ya Rasulullah? No. The answer stands up. What's the hardest thing in his life? When the kafar came around Mecca from everywhere, from everywhere, they came to Mecca, uh, Medina, trying to destroy the Islam, to erase it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the situation that the Mu'mineen that time, they start thinking. They start having a doubt in your hearts. The narration said, we were not, we were not able to go just outside for a few meters. It's very dark. No one can feel safe just to go outside to, to fulfill his natural thing to go out for like a battle or something. He couldn't. He's afraid. And with all of this, the Jew break the promise with the Prophet Muhammad And they said, we are not going to save your back anymore. If the Kuffar want to enter Medina, let them to do it. There's only women inside. And children. The hearts it's a metaphor. And the hearts reach to your, like, to the mouth, to up, between. They're so scared. And they start to have a doubt in their hearts. Oh, what will, what will happen? Is this the worst day? Or when, the, when his companion were not finding something to write. And when the people used to write what three ride the same camels and three of the Sahaba used one date the whole day حَتَّى اشْتَكَوْا إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ قَالُوا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ قَدْ أَحْرَقَ التَّمْرُ بُطُونَنَا قَدْ أَحْرَقَ التَّمْرُ بُطُونَنَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Our stomach burned from, from eating dates only and all dates لا إله إلا الله what a hard lives he faced sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Is that the hardest day? Still the answer is no. So what's the hardest day, Rasulullah? Tell us. To know how he is, how he thinks, how he feels. What is in his mind, what is in his heart. So we can learn from you, Ya Rasulullah. He said, the worst day, the hardest day in his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he went to At-Ta'if, يَسْتَنْبِتُ لِلْدَعْوَةِ أَرْضًا جَلِيدًا He's looking for a new land to plant this Islam in it. To start his da'wah in a new land after the Quraysh, they rejected. You know Quraysh, what they used to do? When they heard there's anyone Muslims, Man or woman, they used to punish them. The worst thing you can imagine in your life. They used to bring 
like stick fire and put it in the fire until turned to red, very very hot, then they will come to the Muslims women's that days and they will say, Heal. Return back to the kufr. Curse the Prophet Muhammad Don't be Muslim anymore. All we will. And then they will put this stick like under her chest or in her they will put it that there are sticks like under her where the fat is, they will put it. So you can feel the fat. They said it used to, the fat used to uh, melt on the iron until it would be cooled. The fat will cool it. And they never will go back. We haven't heard any single Muslim that day's return back. He said, no, I'm careful. I, 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 uh, I quit. None of them. Bilal used to, Abu Jahl's kids used to come to Bilal and his women's open and they, start, they used to touch his, his home by their fingers playing on him. And he keep on saying, Ahadun, Ahad, la ilaha illallah. And now if somebody look at you in the street, uh oh. That means I cannot be any more like dressing like this, or praying, or doing that, or going to job. I have to change. I have to be, yeah, I mean, he's afraid just from somebody looking at him. And he prophet he found his companions under this pressure. He went to Taqib, to Bani Taqib, to talk. But the answer was worst. The reject was stronger. They reject his da'wah worse than Quraysh. Worse than people of Mecca. They curse him. They insult him. They stone him, sallallahu alayhi wa They let the kids talk bad about him. Following him. Pushing him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Until he left the ta'if. Sad. And his ankle was bleeding from stoning him. The narration said, he was like this, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, walking 50 kilometers. He found him, he said, I found myself in the Jamrat al-Aqabah al-Kubra. He found himself at Jamrat al-Aqabah. 50 kilometers, he didn't know, where is he going? Because they curse him, because they stung him. Let's see. Is this the reason he was sad? Is this the reason was making him sad and sorry. He found himself at Jambat al-Aqab al-Kubra, calling his Lord, praying for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asking, if you not have an anger on me, if you not angry on me, Ya Allah, I'm fine. He's worried that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry of him, so the people reject his da'wah. He's worried. Allahumma illam yakum bika ghadabun alayya fala ubaa. Lakinna rahmataka wasi'at kulla shay. He awsa'un. He asking Allah subhanahu his mercy. Then Jibreel came saying, Allah heard what you just said. And Allah sent with me the angel of the mountains 
Just order him now. And he will destroy that village, make you a sad, sad like this. In no time. Just, just say destroy them. There will no any more fire or taqif. If he was وسلم, sad, because they stop him, because they curse him, because they insulted him, if he was sad because something personal, he will say, go ahead and destroy them. But you know what he said, وسلم, he said, no. Ya Rasulullah, even if they are not going to be a Muslims, they are not going to accept Islam. They are kuffar. Let them destroy it. He said, no. Ya Rasulullah, that's amazing. They are not Muslim. They are not going to be Muslim. He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, no. No. They might be Muslims from the, their children. From the next generation. Third generation. He looking so far. He has Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam full trust in Allah. That his message, his da'wah, it will reach even if this not generation, next generations. He wasn't looking for something for himself. The thing was, harm him sallallahu alayhi wa most. Hurts him most sallallahu alayhi wa When somebody rejects his da'wah, when somebody turns his back to him, not listening to him, when somebody he knows that he is going to the hellfire, and he couldn't save him, hold him tight from throwing himself to the hellfire. What a big heart sallallahu alayhi wa إذا لم يستطع أن يأخذ بحجزة مسلم عن النار صلى الله عليه وسلم كان هذا أعظم ما يريده لا إله إلا الله الله سبحانه وتعالى sends couple of verses in the Quran لعلك باقع نفسك على آثارهم ألا يكونوا مؤمنين the Prophet was going to kill himself sorry about the people who didn't accept Islam Allah سبحانه said no don't kill yourself don't go, don't reach that level. You deliver the message, and that's it. But the Prophet still has this feeling in his heart. Harisun alaykum. Harisun alaykum. He's worried about you. Anas radiallahu anhu said, Ma mata Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet before he passed away, sallallahu he tell us everything. Every single thing he told us. Everything is good or bad, he told us. So, we will be... Stay away from the bad things or practicing the good things. Mamata Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Illa أخبرنا أو علمنا صلى الله عليه وسلم حتى ما من طائر يقلب جناحيه في السماء إلا وعلمنا منه أمرا أو أخبرنا عنه خبرا صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا أمر من أمور الخير إلا دلنا عليه ولا أمر من أمور الشر إلا حذرنا منه is nothing from among the good deeds the prophet وسلم told us all the doors all the gates to the good deeds. He, he taught us every single thing. And whatever is forbidden, He forbid us, He warned us from, from it. 
The Prophet ﷺ used to stand on the member saying to the Sahaba, Inni uhaddirukumun nar, Inni uhaddirukumun nar, Inni uhaddirukumun nar. I'm warning you from the hellfire. I'm warning you from the hellfire. I'm warning you from the hellfire. Until the people in the market will hear him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He's worried about us. Once, as in Sultan Abi Dawood, he heard there is a young boy, a young Jew boy. He's, he's going to die. He's going to die. Young boy, young boy. And he's going to die. What's the benefit from having him to his group or to his people? He will never use him for collecting money or to fight with him in Gaza or Basra. Nothing. If you're looking at like uh, material things, it's no benefit from him. But the Prophet wasn't like this. The narration said he was walking and the Sahaba trying, walking. Behind him, running, the Sahabi said, حَتَّى كَانَتْ كُنَّا نَرَى سَوْبَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ He is running, and you know, the, where the, the, the Izar is like this, when he is running so fast, the Izar go all the way up to his knees, from running. He want to reach him before he die. He want to save the soul from the hellfire. That's it. He reached him, he said, Ya Ghulam, ishhad Allah ilaha illallah. Hey, Ya Ghulam, boy, say la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Say it. He looked at his father. Then his father said, Aqi Abul Qasim fa innahu la yamuru illa bi khayr. He said, Obey Abul Qasim Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He only order people the good things. That's the way he was sallallahu alaihi wasallam. La ilaha illallah. Then he said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad al-Rasulullah. Then he died. He passed away. The Prophet ﷺ left the house crying and saying, Alhamdulillah al-Ladi anqadabu bi min al-Nahr. Alhamdulillah that Allah saved him from the hellfire by me. Harisun alaykum sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. He spent his whole life for this deen. He spent everything for this deen to establish the Islam, to carry the message for others. He never, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, has anything against anyone in his heart. Never. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If I ask you, who is the most enemy for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi Who's? Huh? Ah, Abu Jahl, everyone know that. He's the most enemy for the Prophet Muhammad And not only him, his son Ikrimah, Ibn Abi Jahl, was the same. He was against the Prophet Muhammad The Prophet when he opened Mecca, he ordered the Sahaba that there a certain people, kill them even if he found them hanging on Kaaba's curtains. وَلَوْ كَانُوا مُتَعَلِّقِينَ بِأَسْتَارِ الْكَعْبَةِ وَحِلَقِيَةِ Even if they are inside the Kaaba, kill them. Oh, that means they have a great sin. One of them is Ikrim ibn Abi Jahl. He heard that, he ran away. Then he found himself nowhere. He returned back. He thought about it. 
He thought about that. Then he returned back to the Prophet and the Prophet said, Marhaban bil muhajir. There's a rider who's coming to us. He's muhajir. He was an enemy. But any kind of any kind of enemy, it will finish the moment when he became Muslims. Because there's nothing in his heart. Ayyu adawatin mahma shtaddat wa ayyu shiqdin mahma kabur min rajulin tijaha rasooli sallallahu sallam bi mujarrabi islamin yantani kullu shayk. The Prophet ﷺ, not only that, not only that, he said ﷺ, don't curse his father, which is Abu Jahl, because if you curse his father, you might hurt him. Hurt his feelings. How he was ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ, the one, who tried to save everyone. The narration said in the battle when everybody started getting back, the Prophet ﷺ, the one who would be in the front. Not like the leaders today on the last, last, last levels. No, he's in the front. The Prophet ﷺ, when he saw the battle of Badr, he raised in his head until his the garment he put it in, uh, around his shoulder, it fell down. And asked me Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, this is the only group of thee being killed, there's no more people who worship in this land. Save them. Praying hard for them. That person, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, once in Medina they hear a noise, something is scary, a scary noise. The narration said, when the Sahaba get out to see, they found the Prophet was coming back from the sound. And riding a horse without any uh, rain. Just like that, which is, means he's a, a very good horse rider. To just ride the horse just like that. And he said, لَن تُرَاهُ لَن تُرَاهُ Don't worry, don't worry, nothing, there's nothing. There's nothing. And Sallallahu he said, إِنَّهُ لَبَحْهُ إِنَّهُ لَبَحْهُ Putting in the horse neck and he said, the horse neck and he said, it's a very good horse, it's a very good horse. And this is the way to change the subject. He don't want them to talk anymore about the noise, what is this, what is that. No. They just hit Satan's subject talking about how the horse, how it's good, how good it is. The Prophet the first one go there to stay, to see what's going on. Before anyone. Now, if you hear the noise outside, until you put your toe or to take your shoes and get out, maybe two or three minutes. The Prophet in no time, he run to see what's going on. He worry about his people. He's thinking. The Prophet when he prayed Fajr saying, Man Who you miss? Who you miss? Where's, where is this person? Where is that person? He's asking about them. He loves him. Sallallahu Alaihi Therefore, they love him so much. As 
Abu Sufyan said to Heraql, the king of the Arun that day, I haven't seen people love somebody like the Sahaba is doing to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, he loves him so much, even his, when he spit, or anything, he, when he spit, they will, they will take it before it will go to the line, to the ground. From his barakah to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the one who share with his companion everything he has. The one when he married his enemy's daughter, she became his wife and she loves him so, so, so much. And this is one of the benefits from being the Prophet sallallahu marriage. More than one wife, more than three or four wives, some of his wives, like Safiya, her father was killed by the Muhammad And if the Muhammad wasn't a prophet, a real prophet, you think a woman, she will let her father's killer staying with her and she will never harm him? No. She became his wife and she will sacrifice her soul to save the Prophet Muhammad And a couple of his wives they also, their fathers were enemy to the Prophet Muhammad But since they saw the prophets, since they saw how is, how is his prophet, how he is dealing with his people, with his wives, with his companion, they admitted that he is a prophet. The Prophet the one who is so humble to his wives, like when he married to Safiya, when he wanted to put her in the camels, he put his knee so Sophia can put her foot on her knee وسلم, then she will ride the camels Aisha radiallahu anha Aisha radiallahu anha there is people from Habasha came young boys dancing in the, in the end of the masjid by shaking the stirs and like dancing came young boys dancing in the, in the end of the masjid by shaking the stirs and like dancing, singing by, there's no music in that. And Aisha, she want to see the Prophet cover her with a curtain and she put her hand above the Prophet shoulder and she starts looking and he is covering her, looking to the people, to this young girl. Something is strange in the, in the Medina for her. And the Prophet ﷺ get tired, saying, Ya Aisha, atharabti, did you finish? She said, not yet, Ya Rasulullah. <laughs> he said, did you finish? He said, not yet, Ya Rasulullah. Did you finish? Not yet, Ya Rasulullah. Three times. I'm saying that to the brothers and the, the husbands today. To compare ourselves. Anas said, I served Rasulullah ﷺ ten years. Ten years I served him. Ten years. He hasn't ever, ever, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, asked me to do something, or why I did that, or why I didn't do that. Allahu Akbar. His servant. He never asked him to do this for him. Or why you did that, or why you didn't. Just try to do it twenty minutes. 
with your wife. 20 minutes. Try to do it. Try to don't ask her why you did that or why you didn't do that or should, would you do that for me? If he said would you, that would be good to me. <laughs> and the Prophet said 10 years and I said I never touch a hand softer than his hand, It's more soft than the silk, the pure silk. I haven't ever smelled something better than his smell. Even his sweat, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is a perfume. La ilaha illallah. That person who was living in the community, not away from them, sleeping with them, eating with them, drinking with them. Abu Hurairah radiallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, I'm hungry. I didn't eat anything from three days. I want to drink anything. The Prophet said, you want? Come Go ahead and call the people of Al Sufa, the Fuqara, the poor people. Abu Hurairah said, oh. <laughs> Now there's only a little bit of milk, and it's not even enough for me. And now I'm gonna call like 20 or 50 persons, and I'm the one who's gonna serve them, and the one who give, who give the water or drink to the people, he's the last one he should drink. So that means for sure I'm not gonna get anything. But the Prophet he liked to share. He called the Prophet Abu Hurairah said, Wallahi, the Prophet took the milk, he read in it, and it became twisted. Barakah from Allah. Then he gave it to the, <coughs> the poor people, 50 persons, drinking and still a lot of milk. Then he reached the Prophet said, La Abu Hurairah, he said to Abu Hurairah, drink. He drank. He said, Alhamdulillah, I said, more. He said, I take more. More and more and more. Until he said, Wallahi, Ya Rasulullah, I have no place for any more. I'm full. La ilaha illallah. The one who, who cares about his friends. The one who, who cares. Even when somebody told him, Ya Rasulullah, where is my father? The Prophet he wasn't harsh. You know what he said? Your father and my father in the hellfire. Why he said that? Inna abi wa abaka fi Why he said that, sallallahu alaihi wasallam? If he said, "Oh, your father in the hellfire," he would be sad. But if he said, "No, don't worry, me and you, we have the same situation." See, he care about them. He not just giving order and turn his back. He's not dealing with people from higher position. As today, when you look at some religious people, somebody tries to work or sheikh or masjid or imam or anything kind of people like that, he thinks himself in a position above the others. The Prophet they said, when we enter to the majlis, to the place he is, we couldn't know where he is. There's no such place for him. When he comes, he will sit wherever he reaches. He forbid people to stand up for him. Like the kings. He وسلم, said as the Sunan Ibn Majah, and I'm just not saying the hadith was narrated just to make it shorter, but all the hadith inshallah I'm saying it's from the Sahihain and the Sunan and all of its authentic hadith. Like Ibn Majah, can Rasulullah narrate that the Rasulullah The Prophet وسلم, he don't like somebody to walk behind him like the kings. Sit beside him. He don't like to eat in khiwan. 
like a, a kind of tables like the kings do. No. Kana sallallahu alayhi wa I'm a slave. I'm a slave. I'm just a regular person. Therefore, he told the hearts, Wallahi, bi'abi wa ummi huwa sallallahu alayhi wa The people sacrifice his father, his mother, gave them to death to, to save the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. After 11 years, he spent it in Medina sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Teaching people, helping people, learning. The Wahi, the Jibreel came down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the verse of the Quran saying, when the problem happened, the Jibreel came and said, Allah said such and such. The Prophet teach the people, learn them. Learning it. 11 years like this in Medina. And the Prophet in the end of the last 11 years, he gets sick, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sick from eating a food he had in Khaybar with a Jew woman. She invited him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A Jew woman invited him and he accepted. And you know, after, after war between the Muslims and the Jews, see the relationship. He accepted invitation from a Jew woman. She sacrificed the animals. It's a sheep, and she put it, she cooked it to the Prophet and she poisoned it. The Prophet when he started eating, he got only one part. And some narration said, the sheep talked and said, Ya Rasulullah, I've been poisoned, so don't eat. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stopped the poison running through his blood until a time. And that time was after 11 years of spent in Medina. In Monday, and I'm not going to talk in details, just in Monday, inshallah, Rabi' al-Awwal, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he went out from his room. After he was so sick, he was so sick, they would bring a club, which is a container, seven containers full of water, cold water. They would put it above his body, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, just to cool him down because it's, it's very, very hot. Very strong headache, very strong high temperature in his body. The Prophet was in very hard situations. Then Monday, he woke up. And he stepped out. He found the Muslims praying Fajr. When the people saw the Prophet after a long time, he'd been sick. He'd been sitting in his he'd been sitting in his bed. The Prophet they used to carry him. Saying, carry him why? To take him to the other house. But he has more than a wife. Every night in one in with one wife. So they carry him, he couldn't walk. And if you go to Medina, you will see there's no distance between the rooms, just room. But he couldn't walk even a few steps, sallallahu alayhi wa So sick, they carry him. And every day say, he didn't know, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And every day saying, where am I be tomorrow? Where will I be tomorrow? Where will I be tomorrow? Looking for Aisha's time, for Aisha's days. Then the, the, the woman's, the, the wives of Prophet said, 
we are going to give our day to Aisha since the Prophet loved that. And one day he woke up. He felt strong to walk. He get out while the Muslims praying and Abu Bakr was leading the prayer. The Muslims almost left the prayer. The most beloved person, the person who loved them, who worry about them. He gave everything for them. He's coming back. The Prophet and Abu Bakr stepped back. The Prophet said no. Even he didn't talk, he just tried his hand. He said, go ahead, complete the prayer. Then he returned back to his room, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this was the last lot. The last lot from him to his nations, to his people. He built. Those people, we, they used to fight each other. Not obeying each other. Killing each other. Stealing from each other. No behavior. Nothing. No manners. They used to be unknown people. Perverian people. Now they have a leader praying in straight lines. One heart, one nation, have one prophet. Following their leaders, their imam. The prophet go back after smiling. And he lie down. And the prophet called Fatima. And he told her secret, something. She laughed. She cried. And he told her another thing, she laughed. He told her, I'm going to die in this you're going to die. She cried. And he said, and you are the first one who's going to follow me. Then she laughed. Then he called all of his wives. He gave them advice. He talked to them. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he put his head on Aisha's chest. Under her, she, under her uh, face. Putting her face on her chest. Then Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam while he is putting his his head on Aisha Allah's chest, she said he was looking to the Siwak and she knew that he loved the Siwak so much. But he couldn't talk, Sallallahu Alaihi He didn't have that power to talk. He's so sick. She said, Radiallahu anha, I took the siwak and I clean it. I make it ready, make it soft. Then I give it to him, he start making siwak. Then his hands, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he couldn't continue doing that. Then he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, she said, I saw him saying something soft. When I look at his lips, he was saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, May Allah forgive me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive me. May Allah forgive me. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu saying that La ilaha illallah inna lil mawti la sakarat. La ilaha illallah inna lil mawti la sakarat. La ilaha illallah inna lil mawti la sakarat. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, he asking Allah's forgiveness. And he said, Oh, la ilaha illallah. I feel the pain of the death. I feel the pain of the death. I feel the pain of the death. I've been feeling the pain of the death. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi feeling that pain. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam feeling that pain. So how about everyone? How about ourselves? How about ourselves? 
keeping saying that and he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as I remind you of Salat, As-Salat, As-Salat. I'm reminding you of Salat, As-Salat. It's the most important thing in our deen. The last words, وَمَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَنُكُمْ The people under you protect. The people under you, your wife, your slave, your kids, the people you're watching, the yatim, the orphans you're taking care of. وَمَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَنُكُمْ وَمَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَنُكُمْ And Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said بَلْ إِلَى الرَّفِيقِ الْأَعْلَى بَلْ إِلَى الرَّفِيقِ الْأَعْلَى بَلْ إِلَى الرَّفِيقِ الْأَعْلَى No, to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord, the Lord is the highest in the, above the, the heavens, subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَوْقَ سَنَوَاتِ Then his hand was fell down, After that, the Aisha رضي الله عنها put him in the bed وغطيته وغطته رضي الله عنها وأرضاها غطته كما هو صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم بثوب حبرة ببردة حبرة then she covered him by a garment and Abu Bakr wasn't in the in Medina he was outside in the Duha it was like noon times and the Abu Bakr came and look at the Prophet when he was told he entered to the, the house and he uncovered his face, he found his eyes open. He closed his eyes, sallallahu alayhi wa He closed the Prophet eyes and he kissed him between his eyes and he said, Ma atyabaka ya Rasulullah hayyan wa mayyita. Ma atyabaka ya Rasulullah hayyan wa mayyita. How a good, alayhi wa sallam, even alive or dead or die. But so good, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, so good, sallallahu alayhi wa Then he cried. And he, he, he stepped outside. And all, you know, the Sahaba, they couldn't believe that. They couldn't believe the one they, they love most. There is no more. Exists between them. They couldn't believe they can stay without Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he came to the Medina, as Anas said, Allah minha kullu shayt. When he came, everything was light in the Medina. When he, when he passed away, everything turned dark again to the in Medina. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There's no more Rahid, there's no more Quran coming down. There's no more, Allah's speech is not anymore coming down to the earth. Then, they spent the whole day, they couldn't know what to do. Until next day, Tuesday at Thulata, they decided to wash him in his clothes and the one who washed him he was Al-Abbas and Usama ibn Zayd and Al-Fadr ibn Abbas and Al-Quthan ibn Kulla Kilahuma ibn Ahmed Nabi sallallahu and Ali ibn Abi Talib and others they washed the Prophet and prepare him in his clothes and they pray on him sallallahu alayhi wasallam the whole day People come and pray, people come and pray, as it's reported in Sahih, and the mass mentahu min as-salati alayhi, illa ba'da ghurub al-shams, illa ba'da ghurub al-shams, ba'da ghurub al-shams, yawm al-thilata, intah al-nas min as-salati alayhi wa sallam, jama'at yata'aqab ba'dhurub ba'da ba'd. People came, groups pray and leave, pray and leave, until the night. From the ghurub, up to all the way out, up to the night, people coming and pray on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
and this is was the end of the Prophet life, his first life. But وسلم, even if he died, even if he passed away, he left his sunnah, he left his life, his seerah, all his all of his speech, his actions, his وسلم, his attributes, we still have it live today by reading it, by learning it, by studying it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make all those scholars to save the sunnah, purify the sunnah, purify the sunnah from whatever been fabricated or add to it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, إِنَّا نَحْنُ Dhikr here, al-dhikr huna al-Qur'an wa-sunnah. Dhikr here it means al-Qur'an wa-sunnah. Allah saved the Qur'an and sunnah. لِأَنَّ حِفْضَ الْقُرْآنِ دُونَ حِفْضُ السُنَّةِ لَيْسَ لَهُ مَعْنًا If Allah said the Qur'an, أَقِيمَ الصَّلَاةِ And He didn't say how to pray, there is no, it doesn't make sense to say this words pray, but He didn't say how to pray. He pre-saved the hajj, perform hajj, but He didn't say how to perform hajj. It doesn't make sense. Therefore, the, the scholars, the tabi'een, all the great scholars tabi'een, and from the Sahaba, Ibn Mas'ud and others said, Inna nahnu nazzalna dhikr We send down the dhikr and we save it. They said the dhikr, it means Al-Qur'an was sunnah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him and until the day of judgment. And the Prophet since he's the last prophet, he's the last prophet, Allah saved his sunnah so we can follow it and practice it. I believe everyone here Everyone here, he witnessed every day and night. Ashhadu anna Muhammad al-Rasulullah. I be witness that Muhammad is Allah's messenger. Every single person doing that. But this is by tongue. And still, to have it really in your heart. Lord the Prophet really your Prophet. The one you love most, the one you follow. Or I told you his sunnah. He said such and such, he said, Oh, let's see. Like some people, Allah, I don't know how to say that. Some people, when I, he asked me a question, I saw them, okay, do that. Or the, the Prophet used to do that. He asked me very silly questions. Sorry about this one. But it's very not good questions. He's asking me, this is sunnah or wajib? Why? Because if it's sunnah, does it, mean, it means I'm not going to practice it. Or sunnah, okay, that means you don't need to do it. Makroh means I can't do it. No. Makroh and sunnah means you have to be careful about it. You have to do it. It's not a matter of simple. It's a matter of following him, sallallahu alayhi wa Do you have ever heard in sunnah? You have ever heard in hadith that the Prophet asked the Prophet, the, his companion, anything? And one of them said, Oh, but you mean this is wajib or sunnah? <laughs> you have ever heard hadith like that? Have ever heard hadith like that? We never. When he said something, they obey. Then now if we really claim that we are beloved, we, our beloved Muhammad Sallallahu that the people said, we love Allah. Allah sent ayah, al-ulama said, ayah al-mihna, attesting, which is, but in kuntum tuhibbun Allah, fattabi'oon yuhibbukum Allah. If you love Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, follow him. If you love Muhammad Sallallahu follow the sunnah. Wallahi, 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 shame on Muslims, shame on us, that our sons, our brothers, our sisters, they didn't know about the Prophet's life. 
more than what he does about the, the basket player lives. Yes, I'm saying that serious. Ask your kids, ask your young, ask any young kids here in this community, in, in Muslim, I mean in America, ask them, say, what do you know about this player? He will give you the whole history when he entered to the NBA, when he was injured, when he made the surgery, when he won, what his best score, the whole history, and ask him about Muhammad sallallahu What do you know about his life? Ask yourselves, what do you know about his life? What do you know about his sinna? How many books you read about him, sallallahu alayhi wa And we said, Ashadana Muhammad Rasulullah, MashaAllah, we are Sunni, we are following the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu That's good, but we need to prove our thoughts by our actions. By our actions, brothers. I'm not talking today about the Prophet's death or history just for making, to spend time talking about good stories. No, I didn't come here for that. It's myself first and you second, all of you. Something changed in his life after this, it means what we are talking about is nothing. Your hearing is nothing. And you're making on yourself more problems, more sense. But if nothing changes, if you didn't feel that you need to learn, you love him, so you need to learn about him. You will respect his sunnah more. You will be worried about his deen more and more and more. This is the benefit from listening to the Prophet's life, from reading the Quran, from praying. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those people who listen to the speech and follow the best effect. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi wa lakum. Asalu ta'ala an yubarika fi hadha al-masjid wa qa'imina alayhi wa yubarika fi jam'ikum wa an yaghfira lana wa lakum wa an yuhtiqana wa yakum li kulli khayyid wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'i. In conclusion, we ask Allah that He brings you benefit through this lecture. For more information, you may contact us through the following address. The Islamic Propagation Office, Rabwa, P.O. Box 29465, Riyal 11457, Saudi Arabia. Phone 445-4900. Also, 491-6065. Fax, 497-0126. If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures, feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.